This is the Roast and Reason podcast. Join your host, Andrew Boyer, as we explore the world of specialty coffee. So grab a cup of your favorite coffee and let's dive in. Welcome to Roast and Reason. Welcome back to the wonderful, delicious world of coffee roasting, my friends. Welcome to part two of our discussion on coffee roasting. In the past episode, we discussed and highlighted why we roast coffee and covered a few major chemical reactions that occur during this process. There are literally hundreds or thousands of additional reactions that we didn't talk about, but we did hit on the most important ones. We covered the changes that cause the coffee bean to transform from green to brown in color, double in size, and smell and taste totally different. We also briefly discussed the concepts of first crack and second crack and why they matter so much. In this episode, we're going to continue our discussion on coffee roasting by talking briefly about the coffee roasting machine what it looks like, and how it works. And then we're going to discuss the many different terms that you might come across describing the roast levels of coffee. And it goes way beyond just light roast and dark roast. So let's not waste any time. Let's dive right in and let's talk about the coffee roasting machine. The general role and purpose of a coffee roasting machine is to roast coffee. How about that for a profound statement? Like, thank you, Captain Obvious. But seriously, though, the goal is to apply heat to the beans in a way that roasts them and brings out the desired flavors and fragrances. The goal is to make delicious coffee. There are many ways to do that, though. And so that's why there are different types, and designs of coffee roasting machines. So first, roasting machines can vary greatly in size. I have a small home roasting machine that I use in my garage to roast my own coffee, and I can produce about half a pound of coffee per batch. So very small. But commercial roasting machines are much bigger And they can range in capacity from several pounds to several hundred pounds per batch. That's right. Commercial coffee companies with huge commercial roasters can roast several hundred pounds per batch. And a batch takes about 20 minutes. So these vary greatly in size. In this episode, we're really going to talk about the general designs and concepts of commercial coffee roasting machines. So for all of you home, home roasting geeks or budding home roasting geeks out there like me, don't worry, I, I will talk about home roasting in future episodes, so definitely stay tuned. But in this episode, we're really going to talk about some highlights and some generalizations about coffee roasting machines themselves. Just like roasters vary in size and capacity, they come in different shapes or designs as well. And you don't really need to know this information in detail 
to be an educated coffee consumer. So I'm really just going to hit on some highlights here. Regardless of the design, and we're going to talk about three different design types. The coffee roasting machine is essentially a specialty designed oven that delivers heat to the coffee beans while continuously turning them to ensure even roasting. You want all of the coffee beans to be roasted at the same level, and you don't want coffee beans just sitting on a hot surface because they'll burn. The different design types are just different ways of accomplishing essentially the same thing, which is roasting and producing a good coffee. Let's start with the classic, the classic and stereotypical coffee roaster design is called the classic drum roaster. Think of the classic drum roaster like a large clothing dryer. They work in very similar ways. In this roaster type, there is a large metal drum where the beans are placed inside of. The drum is laid on its side and it rotates around on its horizontal axis. Underneath this large metal drum, there is a flame or a heat source. It's typically heated by natural gas, but occasionally roasting machines can be electric as well. The heat source directly heats the large metal drum. So it directly heats the metal in the classic drum roaster design. So heat is transferred to the beans by the process of conduction. The metal gets hot, the metal then heats the beans. That's conduction. Heated air is also drawn through the drum. So from the heat source, hot air is blown up through the drum. And so the coffee beans are also heated by the process of convection. Again, you don't need to know the specifics here, just kind of covering some of the major details. As the hot air is passed through the roaster, it's vented at a large pipe or a stack. Once the roast is complete and the coffee beans are finished, a big door or window is opened and the coffee beans are dumped into a separate cooling bin where there are arms that stir the coffee beans around and a large fan draws room temperature air over the beans rapidly cooling them. So that is kind of the overall general picture of a classic drum roaster. This design has not changed much in the last century. And even today, it remains kind of the gold standard and and the most popular coffee roasting machine design in the world. The second design that we are going to talk about is, is a twist on the classic drum roaster. It's called the indirectly heated drum. In this type of roasting machine, the beans are only heated by hot air being blown from the heat source. In other words, there is no direct contact between the flame and the metal drum. The metal drum is not directly heated here. Everything else remains the same. This technique, the major downside of this technique is that it's less fuel efficient compared to the classic drum roaster. And the reason why is you're losing one of your two heat sources. 
you're losing the conduction process because you're not directly heating the metal. The only way to deliver heat in this design is by hot air. So why would anyone decide to design a machine this way or use a machine this way if it has such a major downside? There's got to be an advantage, right? So the major advantage of the indirectly heated drum is the risk of burning the surface of the coffee bean is significantly lower compared to the classic drum roaster because the metal itself is not being directly heated. So the classic drum roaster and indirectly heated drum roaster are two variations. They're very similar designs. They have a large metal rotating drum like a clothing dryer. The only difference is how the heat source delivers heat to the beans. And one is not necessarily better than the other. There are just trade-offs, differences in design. The last coffee roaster design that we're going to talk about is completely different. It's a completely different beast compared to the two drum roasting machines. Again, think of both drum roasting designs as very similar to a clothing dryer. There's a large drum that rotates around and around and around, spinning and rotating the beans inside as they're heated, just like your clothing gets spun around and heated in a clothing dryer. Fluid bed coffee roasters, which is the third design that we're going to talk about, don't work this way. There is no rotating drum here. Instead, the beans are rotated around and kept aloft in the roasting chamber of a fluid bed roaster by very high airflow. The term fluid bed here is a little misleading. The coffee beans aren't floating in hot water. They're floating in a blast of hot air. So essentially, this machine blasts coffee beans into the air, keeps them afloat and spinning around as they roast with very hot air. Some major advantages here is that these machines are relatively reliable because they have less spinning mechanical parts, and they typically have a much smaller footprint than a drum coffee roaster. Drum roasters can be massive. They can take up an entire room. Fluid bed roasters tend to be much smaller. So there you have it, kind of the three most popular coffee roaster machine designs. There are many different types of coffee roasting machines or variations on the three that we mentioned. But like I said earlier, you really only need a basic understanding of how these things work to be an informed coffee consumer. So I'm going to stick to the basics here and not go in the weeds. Any of these roasting machines in the right hands can work magic and produce amazing tasting coffee. So there really is not a better design and there aren't consistent unique qualities or flavors of coffee roasted on one of these machines versus another. So this isn't something that you have to seek out a roaster because they have a fluid bed roaster and that's so much better. They're just different ways of accomplishing the same thing. So let's switch gears and let's talk about a topic that you definitely should know about as a coffee drinker. 
Let's talk about the different roast levels of coffee. Question for you. Are you a light roast or a dark roast coffee drinker? Or maybe you like to thread the needle with a nice medium roast. Odds are you've heard of these terms. Light roast, medium roast, dark roast, French roast? Yes, French roast and Italian roast describe specific roast levels of coffee. Not where they were roasted, not where they were grown. But have you heard of things like cinnamon roast or full city roast? Yes, those are actual terms of roast levels of coffee. Some of you probably have heard of those. Some of you probably have not. But we're going to talk about those and a few more in this podcast episode. That way, if and when you come across those terms, you know what they mean. But before we go into these specific terms, let's take a step back and let's talk about some generalizations. What are we really talking about when we use the terms like light roast or French roast? These terms do not describe the inherent qualities or flavors of the coffee beans themselves or where they were grown. Instead, they simply mean the terms light roast, medium roast, dark roast, simply describe how much or how little the coffee was roasted. The most clear comparison or analogy here is ordering steak at a restaurant. So do you ask for your steak to be done medium rare or well done? In that example at the restaurant, we're talking about the cooking level, not where the steak came from, not if it was grass-fed or a special kind of beef like Kobe beef. It's simply the cooking level. The same applies when we talk about roast level of coffee. It is simply the cooking or roasting level. Let's stick with our steak analogy a little longer here. Do you like your steak well done? Or do you like an absolute bloody mess all over your plate? Personally, I like pink middle and a little blood on my plate, but I have friends who only eat well-done meat. So is a cooking level of steak better than another? It depends who you ask, right? I personally would argue that a well-done steak is a perfectly good waste of a delicious cow. But some of my friends would rather eat nothing at all than to eat steak the way I like it prepared. So it really all comes down to personal preference. And the same is true for coffee. You will meet some people who only drink very dark roasts of coffee. On the other hand, you will meet people who swear that dark roast coffee is a waste of coffee and just tastes burnt. Neither one's really right. It's all about personal preference. So there's really no better or worse coffee roast level. It is all about what you like. But let me make one more related point. 
my real introduction to coffee was largely through Starbucks. If you are like I was a few years ago and you tend to only drink Starbucks coffee or Pete's coffee or Seattle's best or Dunkin' Donuts or anything like that, then you're really only drinking dark roast coffee. Even if you're not drinking Starbucks dark roast, <laughs> their, their normal coffee is still a dark roast compared to the rest of the coffee world. And if you love the flavor of that and that's the coffee you love and enjoy, great. Keep on drinking it. I want you to love your coffee. But do me a favor and do yourself a favor. At least try a light roast coffee from a local specialty coffee roaster every once in a while. Give it a shot. If you don't like it, and you want to go back to your dark roast, then by all means do so. But give it a shot. You don't know if you're going to like it or not if you don't try it. So that's my, that's my message. That's my assignment for you. While we are on the general topic of light roast and dark roast and the comparison between them, I'd like to address a common topic. Let me guess, you have probably heard the saying, dark roast results in coffee that has lower caffeine or something like that, right? That's the conventional wisdom that as you roast coffee longer, the caffeine level goes down. I hate to burst that bubble, but that is completely 100% false. It's not true at all. So caffeine isn't just your friend to pick you up in the morning. Caffeine is a chemical compound. And on a chemical level, caffeine is 100% stable at roasting temperatures. This means that caffeine is not destroyed or produced during coffee roasting. So dark roasts don't have a lower caffeine level than light roasts. In fact, the opposite may be true. And hear me out on this one. If you make your coffee by weight, like if you measure 50 grams of coffee prior to making your Chemex or your French press, then dark roast may actually have a slightly higher caffeine content than lower. Let me repeat that. Dark roasts may actually have a bit more caffeine but how can that be if caffeine is not destroyed or produced during ro roasting? And that's a great question. So let's describe it a bit. As coffee roasting happens, as it progresses from a lighter roast to a darker roast, the coffee bean actually loses mass and water weight. So even though the total caffeine level remains the same, the caffeine per unit mass increases as the coffee bean loses mass. Does that make sense? But this is kind of this is kind of in the weeds and kind of small peanuts. So really just as a generalization, light roasts and dark roasts have about the same caffeine content. 
So this conventional wisdom that dark roasts have a lower caffeine is just completely false. It's not true at all. We've talked a lot about light roast and dark roast and use those terms, but let's really go into what these things mean. So before I examine the color and the flavor that you can expect from these different roast levels, let's hit on something that we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about first crack and second crack during the coffee roasting process. These cracks are related to the roast levels of coffee. So light roast coffees are typically stopped shortly after first crack happens. Medium roasts are stopped between first and second crack. While darker roasts go to the level or even beyond second crack. So if you're a budding coffee roaster or a budding home roaster out there, you can use that general rule to guide your home roasting technique. But for everyone else out there who just wants to drink better coffee, your guide isn't the sound because you're not roasting it. Your guide is going to be the appearance and the flavor of coffee. We're going to stick with the terms light roast, medium roast, and dark roast to start here. And we're going to examine each of these very briefly. So let's start with light roast. The color of a light roast coffee bean is going to be about the color of milk chocolate. So it's kind of a matte brown milk chocolate color. Flavors that you can expect in a light roast. It's going to be acidic, and it's going to have floral and fruity flavors. At lighter roasts, you typically get more of the unique flavors inherent to that specific coffee that come from the coffee origin, the varietal or cultivar of the Arabica coffee that you're drinking, the region, the growing conditions, all of that kind of stuff. You typically won't taste as much chocolate or burnt caramel flavor in a lighter roast. It'll be more floral and acidic. That's the main reason why many specialty coffee roasters in the country right now produce and sell light roasts because they really prefer to highlight the different flavors of their specialty coffee from around the world. One more reminder, acidity typically peaks at lighter roasts and then declines into medium and darker roasts. So light roasts have more of the crispness or tangy flavor or bite associated with higher levels of acidity in coffee. Let's go from light to medium now. Medium roast coffees have a color slightly darker than milk chocolate. And with both color and flavor, medium roasts are a bit of a spectrum and a continuum. There really isn't a defined, agreed-upon level that is considered medium. But as a generalization, as we go from light to medium roast, some of that crisp, 
acidity and floral flavor will be toned down and it's going to be replaced by a slightly fuller body coffee with more chocolatey notes. As we go into darker roasts, the coffee beans get even darker in color. So they're going to be dark brown or even black. So dark chocolate color to even darker than that. Dark roast coffee often has either shiny specks or a complete shiny oil sheen on the surface of the coffee bean. That comes from the oil in the coffee bean bleeding out onto the surface of the bean as the roast progresses. The flavor of dark roast has less to do with the region or the origin or the growing conditions of that particular coffee. Instead, most of the flavor that you're going to taste in a darker roast comes from the roasting process itself. Dark roasts typically have a more full body, and you can expect flavors of dark chocolate, burnt caramel, smoky, or even burnt flavors. So that's a generalized overview of light, medium, and dark roasts. Those are the most common terms that you're going to come across related to roast level. But the deeper you get into the coffee world, the more coffee you try and explore, especially within the specialty coffee world, more and more and more terms are going to start to pop up. For example, things like cinnamon roast or city roast. Like, what the hell are those? They're actual roast levels. And let's briefly talk about few of, a few of those other terms and roast levels beyond just light and medium and dark roast. We're going to start with the lightest end of the spectrum here, which is cinnamon roast. When you hear or come across cinnamon roast, I want you to think of like a super light roast. Some coffees and some coffee roasters can produce a nice light-bodied cinnamon roast that has really delicate floral flavors. But I find most cinnamon roasts out there to be borderline drinkable. I find a lot of these to be, to have flavors that remind me of green coffee, like green or grassy or hay-like flavors, or sometimes a peanut flavor. I view this coffee as just, it's not, it's not roasted enough. It was stopped too soon. So I tend to not like cinnamon roasts. It doesn't really, it's not really my thing. Um, and I think largely that's related to a lot of it's just not very well roasted at this level. City roast is a common term that you will likely come across in the specialty coffee world. So both cinnamon roast and city roast can be considered under the light roast category. But in my mind, the term city roast 
is what we commonly think of when we talk about a light roast. These coffees are roasted to just past first crack. City roast coffees are typically light in body. They have a higher acidity, which results in a crisper, more tangy flavor in the coffee. And the flavors that you can expect might include kind of sweet, subtle floral and fruity flavors, maybe a slight hit hint of caramel or brown sugar. And those are just generalizations because really at City Roast, a lot of your flavor that you're going to get comes from the beans themselves. So it's tough to say at a City Roast, these five things are the flavors that you're going to come across because that's not the case. It's going to vary based upon the coffee that you're drinking or the origin where that comes from. City roast is the preferred roasting level of many of the small scale or specialty coffee roasters in America today. And again, that really has to do with the fact that they want to highlight the flavors and the unique qualities of different specialty coffees that they are obtaining and producing throughout the world. Moving along the roasting spectrum, we're going to go from city roast to something that's called full city roast. I think it's best to think of full city as a medium roast. This coffee is roasted to between first and second crack. It has a brown color that's slightly darker than milk chocolate. There should be no specks or film of oil on the surface of a full city roast. To many consumers, this is really the sweet spot where there's a nice balance of medium acidity that's toned down from a lighter roast like a city roast. And there's a nice balance along with that of kind of sweet, mellow, caramel flavors flavors of ripe fruit. It's a great compromise and balance of maintaining some of those unique flavors to that coffee and giving a little bit of of caramel and mellowed acidity flavor to it. So now we've covered kind of a light roast and the medium roast. We've talked about cinnamon roast and city roast, both of which can be thought of as light roast. We've talked about full city roast, which I tend to view as just kind of medium roast. I'm going to talk about three or four more terms that you might come across, and these are all dark roasts. So continuing along the spectrum, the first dark roast we're going to come across is Viennese roast. The term Viennese roast is typically used to describe a light dark roast. So what do I I mean by that? It kind of sounds like an oxymoron, right? So this type of coffee is roasted just past the time of second crack. So you're going to start to get small specks of oil on the surface of the bean. Viennese roast is the standard roast degree that Starbucks produces. So most of their standard roasts, not their dark roasts, their standard roasts, are Viennese roast level. So when we think about what coffee tastes like at a Viennese roast level, I want you to imagine Starbucks. 
kind of a heavy, syrupy body with flavors of caramel, burnt caramel, kind of a nutty, spicy, bittersweet chocolate notes. That's Viennese roast. That's classic flavors of Viennese roast. Moving even darker, we're going to get to a term called French roast. And French roast is pretty common in the normal kind of discussion of coffee in the normal lexicon. Here, the beans are very deep, dark brown. Instead of just an occasional speck of oil on the surface of the bean, really the entire surface has an oily film to it. This is the classic Starbucks dark roast. Flavors that you're going to get with a French roast include burnt, bitter, spicy, smoky flavors. Some people love that. Some people hate it. By the time we get to a French roast, it's really difficult to taste a coffee's unique flavor profile. So what does it, what does it mean when I, what, you know, what do I actually mean when I say that? So if you were to do a side-by-side taste test, right? So if you were to get a coffee from Costa Rica, you were to get one from Kenya, and you were to get one from Peru, at lighter roasts, you're going to taste slight differences between those three coffees. Even if you can't describe the flavors that you're tasting. So if you listen to me say like floral or fruity notes or chocolatey notes, and you're sitting there thinking, dude, it tastes like coffee. And you can't really like taste a coffee and say, hmm, I taste apple or I taste tobacco or anything like that. If you're not there, if, if that's not what you do when you drink coffee, um, even if that, even if you can't describe what you're tasting, if you tasted three different coffees at a light roast, you'd be able to appreciate slight differences. At French roast and darker roast levels, a lot of those differences in smell and in flavor are lost. If you cook or roast coffee long enough, it basically starts to all taste the same, which can be good and can be bad. If you really want to highlight a unique flavor quality of coffee, that's bad. If you want to have a consistent flavor to your coffee, like if you're a large national chain, that can be a good thing. If you, you pretty much know what your coffee is going to taste like when you go into Starbucks every time. And that's one of the reasons why. Um, the last one I'm going to talk about is called Italian roast. And we are now on the burnt end of the spectrum. Another somewhat interchangeable term that you might hear or come across, and it's less commonly used, is Spanish roast. So Italian roast or Spanish roast. And it's really interesting because most coffee roasters from Italy prefer to produce medium roast coffee. However, for some reason, somehow, the darkest roast coffee with the darkest, oiliest, almost burnt beans has become known as Italian roast. I, I honestly don't know why, but when you see Italian roast, think very, very dark, very kind of burnt, black, smoky tasting beans. So there you have it our tour of all of the different or a lot of the different terms that you're going to come across in terms of describing coffee roast levels is now complete. Um, 
you may find some coffee roasters or companies using these terms on their bags or on their website to describe how their coffee is roasted. And now hopefully you have an idea of what they mean and what to expect when you shop for coffee. I want to reiterate something before we end this episode. There is no right or wrong or best roast level of coffee. Some people in the industry will tell you burnt beans are bad. I mean, really, it's about your preference. If you prefer the flavor that a dark roast coffee gives you rather than a light roast coffee, or if you can't stand the acidity that a lot of light roasts have, then drink dark roasts. If you think dark roasts taste burnt and gross, then drink light or medium roasts. As far as I'm concerned, coffee is made to be savored and enjoyed. Coffee should be something that you really, really like drinking. You shouldn't have to drink coffee just to choke it down to get your caffeine fix. If that's the case, if you're just choking down coffee, I need to stay up in the morning, I just need to drink this, you're drinking the, da- the wrong damn coffee, guys. Like, It should taste good. So it really comes down to what you like and what you enjoy. And my best advice for you is to get out there, try different coffees, coffees from different regions of the world, coffees from different coffee companies or roasters, different roast levels. Experiment, explore, and find what you like. You will come across some that you don't like. And that's cool. Don't order it again. At least you know. So that's your homework. Before next week's episode, go out there and try at least one coffee that you've never had before. You don't have to buy the whole bag. Just buy one order of a coffee. Sounds like a pretty enjoyable assignment, right? And I'll do the same. I will do this. I will do my assignment as well. So thank you a lot for listening, guys. And I will see you all next week for another episode. Cheers.